0: So relational connection over religious ceremony. We've been talking about this now forever. We've put these words to it in the last two weeks but we've been talking about this for nine years. Just wording it slightly different. Yeah, We got our kids' school reports the other day and it was awesome. Our kids got a glowing report. It was lovely to read the report. And the report gives a picture of where they're at in their understanding and their learning where they're at and it's great because it comes from a a source that has no bias. You know, as parents we can think our kids are angels. <laughs> My child wouldn't do that. But someone else is giving us a non-biased report on where our children are at. So if we were to take a report if God came down and said, here, Chris, here's your report on where you're at with me and my relationship and our relationship. Would it be A pluses, brother, or would it be Zs? see, there's not a mark on the scale. We need to go, no. So if there was going to be a report given around relationship, what would the report say? Would you be proud of the report? Or would you shy away and sort of fold it up and, hey, mum and dad, no, they never handed out reports. I don't know what happened to her. Got lost in the bag somewhere. Must have fell out on the way I was walking home. But it was a good one. <laughs> it was glowing about me. What would God say? It's says, so often we go, well, this is what I think. But what would God say? I need to fix my money. Thank you. Would it be more of religious stuff? Now the cool thing about God is God's love is covering. So there is no shame in him, is there? Just like if our children bring home a report that's not quite maybe as it should be or could be, there's no shame, there's no condemnation from Danny and I to our children. There may be some action that we need to take. They might say, wow, we need to actually help you with your maths. We need to help you with your reading. Actually need to move forward and help you, not move away from you. God is always moving towards us in our reality, but sometimes we move away from him. You figured out why you do that? Why do you do that? Why do I do that? Why why do I walk away when he walks too? Why did Adam walk away when God's walking too? Why do we do that? And there could be a myriad of reasons why, but one of them I think is fear. Because we're afraid of maybe what he might say. And yet God says, I love you unconditionally. God says, you are already this in my eyes. You're already my son and daughter. God says, there's no condemnation in me. God says, I'm for you, I'm not against you. God says, I come to build you, not pull you down. So that's what God says, why is it that we can struggle to connect and we get caught up in stuff? And sometimes we care more for the stuff and the rituals than what we were really created for. And um, I want us to turn to Hebrews 3. I'm going to read this passage And it's a fascinating passage of scripture. And it's a real clear message that's burning through it. Hebrews 3, verse 7. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. Interesting, in the trial we can harden our hearts. Where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years, therefore I was angry with this generation and said they always go astray in their heart and they did not know my ways. That's interesting. Interesting. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Verse 12, take care, brethren, brothers, sisters, speaking to the church, that you are not, sorry, that there not be any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. I didn't think I could fall away. Well, that's not what the writer of Hebrews is saying. He said, make sure you don't fall away. But encourage one another, day after day, as long as it is still called today. Oh, tomorrow. No, today. It'll tomorrow I'll get round to reading. Tomorrow I'll get round to spending some time. Tomorrow I'll start giving. Tomorrow I'll start serving. Tomorrow. Do you know tomorrow never comes? Garth Brooks wrote a song about that. If tomorrow never comes. Great song. Go listen to it. Just a plug for Garth you will laugh. You're going to discover when we're all up there that country music has always been the centerpiece of God's heart. I did not say Western, I said country. Okay? That's a broad topic. But anyway, today, as long as today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Deceitfulness. sin, The Bible says that anything that's not done of faith is a sin. We're going to look at that. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we have become partakers of Christ, to partake of his life. You can receive and then do we partake? Do we partake of his suffering? Do we partake of him? And then it says, if we hold fast, the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. So there's an if. We tend to miss these little words. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. If this is your first day with us today, or you've been coming for a few weeks, For the last nine years, God has been addressing the issues of our heart. There's a prophetic booklet over there that says that God is going to expose every heart. And he's been doing that. And will continue to do that. Why? Because God knows that the true issues of life start in the heart. He knows that our struggles start in the heart. He knows that if he can get the issues of the heart, the hurts, the pains, the mindsets of the heart dealt with, then people, his people, will come into freedom. That's why he talks about the issues of the heart. But see, it says here, do not harden your heart. When you hear the word that goes out, when the word goes out that's going to heal your heart, when it's going to bring life, when it's going to pierce your heart, don't harden your heart against that and run away. Let the word of God come and do what it was created to do, which is heal. So why do we find mankind running away from God? When the word of God comes, when the, maybe a greater reality of the word comes that you haven't yet known, and it's actually come to do a deep work within you, but you might not know that, so then you justify it away, you harden your heart, and you stay the same. And so you're the same person year in, year out, going through religious traditions, always wondering why, how come I'm not changing? Possibly because you're rejecting, deflecting, denying what God wants to truly do in your heart. And we're great at rationalizing everything away. We're the experts at it. We take the beautiful simplicity of his word and we rationalize it away. Man, I feel so much better now I've done that. Do you Didn't have to let that affect my heart. And so, God's been addressing the issues of the heart here for nine years. Has He addressed your issues? Are you still carrying your issues? How are you getting on with those issues? Are they bringing you life or death? Do you find yourself doing the same thing, struggling with the same stuff? That's not Christianity, guys. Jesus came to set the captive free. Jesus came to release us from our burdens that we would actually fly, didn't he? That's that's Christianity. It's called getting healed and then set free and then living differently like a brand new creature. Isn't that what the Bible says? So if that's not what we're experiencing, then there's something wrong. There's something going on with our heart. We either can't hear the word. We're either afraid of what God wants to do, so we're actually running away, but we can still physically be present, but in our hearts we've left. Because God comes to do a transformational work of love and life to bring us into wholeness and fullness that we would experience Him. So, you know, we talk about seasons and end of year, So how has this year gone? And what is next year going to look like for you the same as this year? See, we don't tend to think like this when it comes to our faith. We'll analyze it in everything else, like our jobs, our sport, our careers, how much money we want. We'll do all these things in every area of life, but relationship with God. Would that be a fair call? And we're happy with religious ritual and practice. And so we tick a box and we go, what more do you want? He says, Greg, I want all of you. Ooh. How much is all? All. You know what sometimes we do? We go look for the Hebrew to see if all means all. (laughs) See if I can just wiggle out of that all to give him like 99. No. All means all. God wants all of you. And when you give all. All of your heart, guess what? You get all of Him. You say, But I already have all of God. Then, how are you going with that? If you've got the full reality of God in you, all, how are you going with that? See what I mean? We've got to let the truth shine in our lives without any fear and go, This is where I'm at. You know, Lily, she's she's. She's booming, man. She's like at year six level and she's only year four. We celebrate that, but it wouldn't matter where she's at. We celebrate it and we go, okay, honey, you're a little bit maybe behind the standard, so let's help you get up towards the standard and let's believe for more of the standard. Can you hear what I'm saying? We can receive all and the fullness of what that means if we will live in all life. So it comes back to our choices, doesn't it? Do you know where religious ceremony and practice and rituals and rules all start? In your heart. See, it's not this. It's not the physical expression. That's not what it is. See, people, it's really funny how people think, you know, in services. They think, oh, you're just going through the motions because you sing and you read the word and you do the thing. And sometimes if we don't have the singing or we don't have the word, or oh, the Holy Spirit must have rocked up today because they changed something in the structure. Now, the Holy Spirit always moves. The Holy Spirit's always wanting to do a work in our hearts. So the issue Is never the structure, it's what's in the heart of man. That's where all the issues lie. So if in my heart I know religious practice more than I know Christ, that's what's coming out of my heart. That's why God wants to deal with the issues of the heart. God said, Guard your heart, son, for it is the what? Wellspring of life. What did Jesus promise the woman in John 4? The wellspring of life. Where was he addressing? The issues of her heart. What did she love more than God? Men. What was she after? Her sixth husband because she was looking for love in men. The issues of her heart were her own religious mindset looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. And we are no different today. No different. Mankind is not different 2,000 years ago than what he is today. We all struggle with the same stuff. God's been speaking to me about a praise that will release a presence and the vulnerability that's required for that to happen. And it comes from the heart. So what do you mean by that, Greg? I mean stepping out of your current comfort into a realm that you feel so uncomfortable and vulnerable that you feel exposed. And God says, that's where I am waiting for you to come out so my presence can come and touch your life in a way you've never thought possible as an individual and as a corporate body. And when my people gather together and they all they all decide to take that step and draw near to me. I will draw near to them in a way that they have not yet seen. Are you prepared to be that vulnerable in front of one another and God? Many people aren't. Many people go, no way. I'm going to sit where it's comfortable, where I don't have to do anything that I'm going to look like an idiot. That's only to your own detriment. Because he says, you can do that, and I'll let you do that, and I still love you, and my love isn't determined by any of that. But if you want the all, you have to step into the all. Peter, you've got to get out of the boat if you want to walk on water. And so he calls Peter out he's calling us out. okay. So Peter didn't just get out of the boat because he thought he could get out of the boat. He said, if it's you, call me out. So when you hear the voice of God call you out and you, through obedience, align with that calling, that's where the power is. That's where the presence is. And all of a sudden, this man who shouldn't be able to walk on water is walking on water. He's walking in faith. He's stepped into a realm of the invisible, and he's experiencing this realm of the supernatural. It's just the realm of faith. So do you live by that realm? Because that's what faith is. What are you talking about? So he's out of the confinements of the little boat, his safety blanket, his net, where he was protected. I know God wants us all to get there. Not next year, now. What did Paul pray? Ephesians 1, 17. Do you know what he prayed? The eyes of our heart would be enlightened. Do you know he's praying that for you? Paul laid his life down, not just for the people that he was physically seeing. He laid his life down for the church, period. So Paul is praying that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened in the knowledge of God. That we would be able to see because of our relational connection. If you can't see it, how can you live it? I could tell you right now that there is a BMW 5 Series car in the car park, walk out there, jump in it, turn it on and go and experience the life of that car, the exhilaration of doing what we shouldn't be doing, breaking the speed limit, whatever it is, go, wow, it was amazing. And you go, what are you talking about? What BMW in the car park? Did you not see it? The one that's parked out there. This is the reality of faith, this reality of sight. So because I can see it, I can live it. If I can't see it, then I'm going to live something else. And that's called sin. Now, sin's doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, it's that, but it's bigger than that. That's why Romans tells us it's bigger than that. He says, whatever... Whatever is not done from faith is sin. What does that mean? It means that sin means to miss the mark. Okay, So you've missed the mark. So if I try to do something out of my own initiative, I've missed the mark. I've sinned. If I'm trying, if I'm trying, then I'm missing the mark. Anything that's not done from faith, the ability to see and connect with and draw it from the invisible realm into the seen realm because of relational connection. And live out that order. If it's not done by that, then it's a sin. God's not speaking it by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Everyone did it by faith, didn't they? And faith is the ability to see the invisible, isn't it? And to pull it out. So this is why Jesus taught us, I can do nothing from my own initiative. He demonstrated what it looked like to live from heaven to earth. He said, I can't even speak of anything that is not of mine. I speak from my Father. The Holy Spirit. Let's go to the scriptures. Uh, Actually, I'm just going to read these. I haven't written them down. Maybe I should have. Jesus said this. Most of these are in John. I can do nothing from my own initiative. Who can recall reading that? It's cool. Five people. Awesome. (laughs) Jesus said, The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative. Jesus said, But he, the Spirit of truth, comes. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth. Who will? The Spirit of truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. There's a pattern, isn't there? Jesus did nothing from his own initiative. The Spirit of God does nothing from His own initiative. What did they need to do? Hear what the Father was saying, be in relational connection, hear, then act. So anything that's not done from that, as the Bible says, is sin. It's not done from Faith, it's not done from the ability to see in a realm which is invisible. Paul is praying the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. Why? So you can see into that realm, live from that realm, and bring it into the natural. Because we don't live, in Corinthians says, by what we see, we live by what is in the unseen. If you're living by what you see, it's temporal. We must live from the eternal, 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18. This is why we have the Spirit of God. God sent the Spirit that we could come into all the truth and live as people of the truth because of our relational connection. See, if we're not connected relationally, then we're going to live from religious practice. It's the default setting. Come to Isaiah. and I'll just read Isaiah 29. Can you hear the importance of relational connection? It's crucial, eh? Now, please hear this, that God has covered our sin, hasn't he? So if we're in Christ, his love is covering what I'm talking about. So we're not going to experience the wrath of sin because his love is covering that. But, and this is why you see these words, if... And but there will be a consequence to us. There will be, and that's why the judgment seat is there, a lack of reward because we haven't lived by the way. We've missed the mark of how we're supposed to live. See, it really speaks to just this whole thing of just pray the prayer and you're in and everything's cool. And really, that's all you need to do. No, it's not. There is an obedience. There's a faithfulness that's required. Obedience is massive in God's heart. It's called lordship. Have you heard about it? You can't just live as you think you can live and then expect to get everything that God has for you. It's called lordship, obedience. I love that word, obedience. Right in the middle of that word, it says die. And in the middle of die is I. So I die... Obedience is a key to life in Christ. But if you remove your heart from God, which you can do, Ephesians left their first love. They didn't lose it. Go read the Bible. They left it. We've taught you lose it. No, it doesn't say that. It says they left. That is a choice of mind to go after something else. Let's not be that. So Isaiah, then the Lord said, because this people draw near with their words and honor me with their lips, but they remove their hearts far from me. And their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. Their reverence for me consists of religious practice. And religious practice starts... In the heart, the rich young ruler said, "But I've done, honored my parents." He said, "I've done this. I've done that. I've kept these commandments." And what did Jesus say? Still not enough, son. Your heart is removed from me, and I can see it. See, this is the beauty. Jesus sees all the hearts that have actually removed themselves from Him. You can't. We can't fool Him, can we? So then He comes in the form of love, in the form of truth. He'll send people to you to say, hey, this is what it can be, and this is what it looks like. But we need to address the things if we want this life. So then he sends, you'll see it throughout the scriptures, God was continually sending people, wasn't he? His people would move away and God would raise up a people and he would send those people to his people. They are the same people to bring forth the realm and a reality that's possible in God. And then God would sit back and watch. And he's saying here, because, because you have removed your heart from me, your reverence for me, your awe is just caught up and going through motions. And yet he said to Noah, he said in reverence, in Noah's reverence, he built an ark. It said God showed Noah unseen things. And out of that, he then built an ark. See, his work came from faith. He saw and he acted and work came. James said faith and works through relational connection. If the works aren't done from that realm, then it's a sin. It just means you're missing the mark. It doesn't mean you're a bad, bad person. It means, though, Greg, you need to be aligned to the ways of heaven. You need to realize the son. You need your mind renewed and aligned to my way. Why? So then that work that's done comes from faith. And that's what I reward. And that's why he tells you in 1 Corinthians 3 that man's works will be burnt up. And that needs to, guys, apprehend us. If that doesn't stop us, can I be really honest? Good, because I'm going to (laughs) be. If that doesn't stop us, then we've probably removed our heart. Our heart is so hard that that word just pings off it. Do you know Matthew 13? The word went out and the spur came and nicked the seed. Because why? Because it landed on rocky, concrete, hard, thorny places. What Sam said last week, I went and listened to it. It's the second time I've listened to it. I'm like, man, that's so weighty. It really should stop us. And go, wow. Now, if that hasn't happened or you missed it, look, there's no condemnation. But I'm saying it to hopefully stir us to what's in that word. Because there is a reality that's taking place right now. And there is is a life to be found in Christ right now. It's right there for us all. The word of God screams it to us. Paul is a massive communicator of it. And yet for us, it can just be like life continues. And almost the reality that sits beside your reality is completely lost on you. So there is a reality in the kingdom and you can be completely lost on it and you're just living your life in your little kingdom. And they are right beside one another. Does that make sense? So your perspective is your perspective, but it's not a true kingdom perspective. But you don't realize that. We always think our ways are right, and no, that's not me. So God sends us these people to talk about a reality that would then stir us. Yeah. Why? So then we actually come into this full... Reality, but it's through relational connection. So you see these types of scriptures that God speaks of. I mean, that's hypocrisy. To say, I love you, Lord, and then live for you is hypocrisy. That alone should grab my heart. Um, listen to this. Our works or deeds must come from faith. Faith comes from revelation. Revelation comes from relational connection. Our works and deeds must come from faith. Faith comes from revelation. Revelation comes from relational connection. I'm just going to read you Psalms. And we know this passage, but I just want to read it again. Psalm 51 David discovered this. Great King David discovered this reality. Psalm 51:16 For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Do you know that's the spirit of pride? that's in every one of us being broken the spirit that says I can do it without you the spirit that says I can discover the fullness of life without you I don't need you I'm going to live this life in fact there is no God that spirit needs to be broken in every single person for us to come into this life because that dictates how we live I know all things I know more than God And yet the Bible says, you do not yet know as you ought to know, 1 Corinthians 8. So that spirit which separates man from God needs to be broken. David discovered it through repentance, didn't he? Through that act of murder and adultery, that spirit of pride broke. This is King David. And the man repented, which means it wasn't just sorry, God. It was godly sorrow which breaks a man and then starts to build a man. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Correct? Where is the kingdom? So poor in spirit, blessed are those persons, for the kingdom, life, through relational connection, is going to be in them. Joy, peace, kindness, patience, full life, rivers of living water coming from the inside out of a person. Then he says this, A broken and contrite heart of God you will not despise. God loves it. <clears throat> he loves it when he sees people break, meaning come to the end of themselves. Because he goes, here we go. Here we go, man, this is, this is it. This person has realized they can't do it. Man, I've been patiently waiting. Isn't that what the Bible says? God is patient, longing no one to perish. <clears throat> See, we just think it's those lost people. It's us. He's patient, waiting. I reckon him and Jesus are going, here we go, look at old man. He's finally almost there realizing that he can't build the church. Look at this. He's been trying for nine years, man. Look, he's given it a good go. He's about to go. Boom, there it is. Let's fill him with revelation now. Because he came to the end of himself. He stopped trying And he cried out to relational connection. He's sick and tired of religious stuff not working. And he cries out and revelation comes, changes and boom, now life. Have you found that place yet of death? It's glorious. It is a glorious and horrible position to find all wrapped up in one. I never want to go back there, but I'm so glad I went there through my stupidity. David found it. Then he says in verse 18, By your favor, do good to Zion, build the walls of Jerusalem, then you will delight in righteous sacrifices, and burnt offering, and whole burnt offering, then young bulls will be offered on your altar. The whole thing is we've got to transition through a process. So ultimately, you know, God doesn't want these sacrifices of animals and lambs on the temple. The sun was going to come and do the work. They could never cleanse the blood of man. But it's the same principle with us. God's not looking for our music. He's not looking for our stuff. He's not looking for this and that before he has our heart. But God, I give you this. God, I give you that. Rich young ruler, I've done this. He goes, some, some, no, I want your heart. Well, I don't know if I want to give you my heart. And God says, I know. But I'm here. And I still love you. Isn't that what he said to the rich young ruler? He wept because he saw the man go and continue another life of going round the mountain. Now, the Bible never says what happened to that man. We don't know. But there was a moment in time in history where God came to alter the man, where Jesus met him face to face. In person, Spirit's here to meet you today, face to face, in person. Say, do I have all your heart? What's our relational connection like? Have you drifted away? Have you removed your heart? Even though you come week in, week out, have you removed your heart from me? Only you know the real answer to that question, and the Spirit of God. Who can know the thoughts of man but the man himself? But what I am here to tell you today is God wants more of a relationship with you. He wants more of you. And what I've discovered is I can trust him with the things that he asks for. And he's so gracious that he very rarely asks for all of it all at once. Sometimes he might, but if he does, his grace will come and empower that. And he's a gentleman, and he takes you bit at a bit. He he gives you what you can give him, and he works with that. So the more we give, the more he gives. But I love him. He'll take you. Okay, it's that. Cool, I'll take that, and let's work that out, because he wants to reveal himself. He knows he's trustworthy, doesn't he? We don't. But he knows he is. So he knows if you back on him, he's gonna prove himself. Which means you'll know he's trustworthy, which means then you'll give him more. That's how it works. So is there anyone here this morning? Maybe we'll do this. This is maybe I'm just drop your yeah, drop your heads. I'm just gonna ask you to let me just raise your hand. If maybe you're in a place where you have walked away. So God is drawing you, and you want to say to Him, Look, I don't necessarily know everything that's going on, but I want to make some sort of decision and commitment today to re engage. I just want to re engage. You've known God in the past, you might not. But your heart's pumping and you want to make some sort of decision. And I love this because sometimes our heart trumps our mind. You don't have to understand what you, you're doing. Just react to it or respond to the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So often we never understand before we believe. So we believe. We take a step of obedience and then understanding comes. Is there anyone here today that says, that's me? If there is, can you just raise your hand? I just want to see it and we're going to pray. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just as soon as you've done it, just put your hand down. It's awesome. Anybody else? It's an interesting song. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Mm. Thank you. That's what we're doing in our hearts. Thank you. Just pray these words with me. Father, I thank you. Let's all pray them. Father, I thank you that you love me unconditionally and your love's not determined by my behaviour. Today I acknowledge and take a step of obedience in coming back to you. Thank you for accepting me as I am today thank you for loving me into your arms help me Father I ask you to strengthen me through your spirit and help me to make the choices I need to make to continue on this intimate journey of relationship Amen Amen Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that your love is covering all of us. It covers when we are growing. It covers in our maturity as we continue to grow. And it's your love that draws us. It's not law. It's not shame, guilt, fear. It's your love. And so, Father, I just thank you that we're covered in your love is within us. But God, I pray that you would stir us into more. I pray, Father, that these words that we're hearing and we continue to hear would stir us to turn towards you, to seek you with all of our heart and to come into this love that is transcending and transforming, that casts out all fear. So God, I thank you that you're building us here on the hill in Naronga Gorge. Thank you that you're at work in the city and amongst other churches, bodies of Christ, and the world. And Father, I thank you that you love us and you're building us into your image. As we partake of your life and surrender ours to yours. Thank you that you're trustworthy and faithful to finish the work that you started in us as we agree with you and let you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.